This is Wyman and Bob on Seattle Sports Station. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Streaming live on the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Now, here are your hosts, Dave Wyman and Bob Stelton. Well, the draft will be here before we know it. And, man, we have been having a lot of fun looking at some projections, some of the mock drafts. Who may come to the Seahawks with that number 5 overall pick? And a name that keeps popping up is Will Levis, quarterback out of Kentucky. And who better to discuss his talents with, who he looks like, what he may be at this level, than the man who's been calling all of the action with Levis at quarterback for the University of Kentucky. Tom Leach, their play-by-play man, joins us on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. How are you, Tom? Doing well. Well, appreciate you taking the time, and uh, I'm sure maybe you've been getting requests to talk about Will and 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 getting a you know a bit of a scouting report on him. He's, he, depending on which mock draft you looked at, obviously he's he's ending up in different spots. But out here in Seattle, we may need a quarterback, depending on what happens with Geno Smith. But give me a sense of uh, of who Will is just before we get into the particulars of his talents. Just as an individual, is he is he a leader? Is he a, is he a guy that's just universally loved out there? What's the impression of him? Definitely uh, qualifies as a leader. Uh, he transferred to Kentucky uh, from Penn State, and he didn't arrive here until the summer of 22. And there was uh, there were a couple of returning quarterbacks in the mix for the starting job, and I don't think he was certainly perceived to be the leader when he arrived. And he was elected as a captain by the time the season started and he was named the starter within the first couple of weeks he was here um and mark stoops used a word uh, presence uh, frequently in talking about will and describing why he chose him to be the starting quarterback uh, even though he had no previous experience with the team and um so i think he definitely was a guy that showed the leadership skills when he arrived and i said by the time the First game rolled around. They had uh, the players had chosen him as one of their captains, uh, and definitely has that kind of quarterback swagger to him. Well, let, let me ask you this again. I want to get get a bit of a scouting report on him physically and everything else. But Tom, you got You got to enlighten us. What is with the mayonnaise and the coffee? Is that is that a thing in the South? A Kentucky thing? Is that a is he goofy or what? what what's going on with that mayonnaise and coffee? Who's ever done yeah. that? You can't pin that on us. I don't know where he got that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I do know his uh, parents, I think, have a marketing background. So I think Will was uh, pretty uh, savvy as far as making use of social media and going viral and getting, you know, uh, retweets and shares and all those <laughs> kinds of things. So uh, I think uh, – I, I, I certainly hope he's not drinking mayonnaise with his coffee every morning. <laughs> I was going to say, has he already locked down a mayonnaise endorsement? There's got to be a mayonnaise company out there just knocking down the door for this guy. Yeah, boy, if we had gotten into the Duke's Mayo Bowl this year, he would have been a cinch. <laughs> Man, that is an odd thing, but all right, whatever whatever makes him happy. So tell me about him as a player. Obviously, we're not you know out here in Seattle, not spending a lot of time watching Kentucky football, so we look at the stats, we look at the numbers, and go, okay, well, 19 touchdowns, 10 picks, completing just about 65.5% of his passes. It's not These aren't the numbers that blow you away, so tell me what, what we're not seeing out here. You know, he's a guy that um, should, uh, whether it's at the combine or in a private workout, 
really impress scouts uh, because he's got all the things. If you feed data into a computer and it spits out NFL quarterback, it, it spits out somebody that uh, looks like him. Big, strong, uh, strong arm, just a, you know, a cannon for an arm. Uh, but also uh, the, the question when he arrived here was uh, that uh, he maybe wasn't as good on the touch passes, but uh, he definitely improved on that under uh, particularly the first year under the tutelage of uh, Liam Cohen, who then left to, to go to the Rams, but has, uh, has come back here now as the OC. Uh, but, uh, you know, Will has everything you would want in terms of the, you know, what a quarterback looks like. Uh, arm strength and you know body type, et cetera. Um, the thing that happened here is that the second year, his most recent season, uh, Kentucky lost a starting center to the NFL, Luke Fortner, who started as a rookie for the Jags. They lost Darian Kennard, a right tackle, veteran right tackle to the Chiefs. Um, they lost a, a left tackle that uh, made it to training camp and, and got cut. So uh, close to three NFL offensive lineman uh, lost, and Kentucky, uh, for the first time really in several years, didn't do a good job of uh, replacing the guys in the O-line that left. And so it was uh, an offensive line that really struggled to protect him, and um, he had a new offensive coordinator, and he was uh, you know, learning a little bit of a new system there. And then he got hurt in week four. Um, he didn't. Uh, his uh, best running back was – out for the first four games, uh, it was a uh, you know uh, an issue here with uh, compliance where he had had to miss four games, and uh, so uh, just when he comes back, they're playing down at Ole Miss, they're undefeated, uh, matchup of unbeaten teams down in Oxford, and Will gets hurt early in the game. Again, you know he just got sacked way too many times, and he took a hit, injured a, a foot and a, a shoulder. And so he was never fully healthy the rest of the season. Uh, and so it took away uh, a big part of his game is uh, running either designed runs or scrambling. And it took that away because he was so valuable to the team. They didn't want to risk him getting any more injuries uh, trying to run. And so it became a little bit of a sitting duck. And just a lot of factors conspired to keep his numbers down from what they might have been under much better circumstances. For Fans out here that have not had a chance to see him or maybe haven't even seen highlights, what have you, who would you compare him to at the pro level? Is there somebody you look at at the NFL level and say, that's that's kind of similar to the way this guy can play or does play? The guy that gets mentioned most often is uh, Josh Allen from the Bills. Hmm. Uh, yeah, similar body type, uh, arm strength, uh, you know, comfortable, you know, running the football, can uh, not always look in the slide. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, he's the guy that gets mentioned the most often. Is there a, a downside or something you look at in his game and say, well, if he if he's going to succeed at the NFL level, this part of his game really needs to improve? Yeah, you know, he, he probably had a few too many picks. Uh, but uh, I think they said the same thing maybe about Allen. You know, uh, the, the things you can't teach uh, he has, and any uh, deficiencies he might uh, you might find in his game are things I think that can be you know coached up with more you know experience and and reps and you know better personnel around him, particularly an offensive line. But you know, think about it, he's uh, you know two years as a uh, a starter and with a new offensive coordinator each one of those years. So 
you know, once he, you know, maybe gets with the same OC for two or three years, four years in a row, uh, I could uh, certainly uh, see him, you know, addressing any of the issues that he might have. So, again, it kind of goes back to the Josh Allen comparison. I think there were, you know, some same, some similar questions about maybe some numbers for him coming out uh, of, uh, was it Wyoming, I think, and then uh, he's done really well. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. I mean, I've watched some highlights. He lo- he looks great on film, but that's you know I always say anytime you look at a cut up of any player, they look like they should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So it's it's uh, it's always good to talk to somebody like you that's been watching you know every moment. I, I don't know how much you've had a chance to see other quarterbacks at the college level, whether it's C.J. Stroud or whether it's you know it's it's uh, Bryce Young or anybody like that. But it if you've got a good working knowledge of all of those guys, how, where does he rank? You know, we, we keep hearing about the same four, maybe five names at the quarterback spot coming out this year. Where, where would you put him in the pecking order, if you will? You know, I, I don't think I'm really qualified to do that because I just saw uh, short bursts of, you know, Stroud and then Oliver in particular, probably the two guys that uh, are most often been mentioned uh, as high as, as will in the draft. And, they both had, you know, more optimal situations around them at Ohio State and Alabama, respectively, and, uh, you know, much better offensive line situations. And uh, although he had some really good receivers this year, the best ones were, were freshmen. So, you know, you really young receivers. And then last year, he had an NFL caliber receiver, Wandale Robinson, who went to the Giants, unfortunately got hurt this year. But, you know, he caught over 100 balls. So it was like one guy. So, you know, you put him in a situation, you know, where, say, the quarterbacks at Ohio State and Alabama had, uh, you know, more experienced uh, receiving receivers and more of them, uh, better O-line. So, you know, I, I'm, uh, I'm certainly I'm biased uh, in favor of Will, but uh, probably uh, not really qualified to, to rank them. Uh, just I've seen a lot more of him than I have of them, but I think he had uh, probably the less optimal circumstances of uh, certainly those three. Certainly, certainly. Fair enough. Uh, Tom Leach, uh, University of Kentucky play-by-play voice is with us here. Seattle Sports Station on 710. Getting a little scouting report on Will Levis. I want to ask you quickly before we let you get out of here, just give me some thoughts on some of the other guys uh, we should be looking at. The Seattle's in need. You know, We're talking quarterback, but uh, most of their needs are on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they do have the number five pick. They've got another first-round pick later. And we're all thinking, all right, if it's not a quarterback, they're going to go defensive line. They're going to go edge rusher. Maybe they go linebacker. And I know there are a few names, whether it's DeAndre Square or, you know, some of the other players coming out of out of Kentucky. How do, how do they project to the next level, some of the some of the defensive players that you look at? You know, uh, great college players, the two inside linebackers, uh, Square and, and Jacquez Jones, were probably as good a tandem as there was in the SEC in September before they both got hurt. Uh, but both are, are probably a little undersized, uh, so there's not anybody that you know has the uh, uh, the the look, uh, the ideal look of uh, the position they're going to play at the next level, like Will does. Um, one guy on the defensive side that intrigues me—he's not going to be a high draft pick, but you know maybe even just a free agent signing. But got him Jordan Wright, uh, who was an edge rusher for Kentucky, and uh, uh, maybe could be that in the, in the NFL, or maybe even—I don't know if he could even develop into a, a strong safety, perhaps. But um, he's a guy that uh, always seemed to just find one of those guys that had a knack for being around the ball. Uh, in his time here, he had uh, fumble return touchdowns, interception return touchdowns, 
slot kicks and uh, just one of those guys that had a knack for, for being a playmaker. So he's somebody that uh, probably might might be more of a free agent signing, but uh, might be one to, to keep an eye on in, in future uh, you know years and, and a good might end up being one of those guys that's a, a steal. Square is a real, uh, as far as uh, in particular, really tough, smart, uh, you know, a high football IQ guy. Um, trying to think of uh, anybody else up front. Uh, Kedron Smith in the secondary, if they need a cornerback, uh, Kedron Smith and, and Carrington Valentine, both starting corners, uh, are in the uh, in the league, and Kedron's probably a little further along in his development because he's a little older. But, um, you know, Kentucky K is their defense coordinator is a guy named Brad White, who was in the NFL before he came to Kentucky. So uh, there's very much of a you know, and Cohen and, and Scangarello, the two offensive coordinators most recently, NFL guys. So there's definitely an NFL feel to the, uh, you know, the development of guys at Kentucky now. How about, uh, quickly, how about J.J. Weaver? I just read a little blurb on him, and he sounds interesting in terms of his size, listed at 6'5", 241 pounds, and, you know, talking about what he does well. Is he another guy that you think could flash at this level? I think the plan for him is still to come back because of the COVID mm-hmm. situation. You guys have that extra year. And I think he uh, is is planning to come back. Uh, but when he does come, I think, uh, you know, he's uh, he's got a lot of upside. He's a guy that's built a little like uh, Josh Allen, who came through here and uh, now plays for the Jags, uh, the Josh Allen on the defensive side. Right. And uh, he's, he's a rising star on, on Jacksonville's defense. And uh, J.J., has that kind of build and, uh, you know, that kind of plays that kind of position. Uh, I think, uh, you know, another year of college might put him in a position where he could, uh, you know, maybe make that uh, blast to the next level that Josh took when he was in the position of deciding whether or not to go to the draft and elected to come back for one more year in 2018 and became the National Defensive Player of the Year. Tom Leach, voice of the University of Kentucky Wildcats. Really appreciate you taking a few minutes with us, giving us a little insight on Will Levis and a few other players out there. We'll be keeping an eye on all of those names when the draft comes in just a couple of months. Thanks so much for the time, Tom. You are most welcome. Have a good day. There you go. If you missed any of our conversation with Tom Leach, his preview of Will Levis or any of the other players coming out of Kentucky, you can check it out on the podcast page after the show at seattlesports.com. What do you think, Dave? The mayonnaise well, thing he thinks could be a marketing thing because his parents have a marketing background, but he still had to drink that. Yeah, he did. I, I'm thinking about trying it. Help yourself. You want me to bring it in here and do it? No. Please okay. do. You sure? Yeah, no. good show you, content. You, you yeah, it'd do be it. good. Ooh. That'd be great radio. <laughs> me <laughs> drinking mayonnaise. You still have a problem with it? Huh? You could sit in this room so you don't have to smell it. Yeah, well, I don't really smell unless it's close to me, but it, it, it would gag me. I would get that feeling. My jaws would get tight, and mm. you know how your mouth kind of waters before you It you might be sick. the most popular video we ever put out. <laughs> it might be. Even more popular if I projectile vomit <laughs> across the room <laughs> watching him do it. Just aim elsewhere. I'll tell you what. No, this would be good. Well, we can wait until you know Pete Carroll did the take the shirt off with DK. If Will Levis gets drafted, we'll have to get Dave and Will to put mayonnaise and coffee mm. together. Bobby will be nowhere near any of it. We'll just have those two, and we'll make a video out of it. Yeah. Yeah, you could have us sitting down, if we can get him in here, get him into the downstairs, you know, in the studio down yeah. there. There's a little coffee table and just, you know, hey, Will, you want to have some coffee here and pull yeah. out the mayonnaise? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, I'm looking awesome. at. I'm looking at. Um, Not awesome, Dave. You're right about his stats. I mean, that that's the thing about it that is, like, 
a little bit underwhelming. And he they don't blow your skirt up, Dave. He, they don't blow your skirt up. And then you know he mentioned something about the interceptions, you know, and that's that's something that he's got to be. A little bit better, but I'm looking at like Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks are two NFL.com guys, and you know they do a pretty good job. I think both guys worked in personnel before they they got their jobs there. Mm-hmm. But um, Jeremiah has him going to the Indianapolis Colts at pick number four. Will Levi's, uh, and then <laughs> Bucky Brooks has him at number nine going to Carolina. So I mean. There's and you know it's it's kind of interesting reading the the breakdown from Jeremiah. He says the the tape for Levis is a roller coaster ride. Uh, the strong arm passer shows flashes of brilliance and the ability to avoid pressure and create. Uh, he also showed a, a penchant for turning the ball over. Twenty three mm-hmm. picks over his last two seasons, but. You know, uh, Colts GM Chris Ballard uh, has always valued uh, those kinds of traits and the upside and everything. So it it just, uh, you know, and he's breaking it down. He feels like it's a gamble sort of for Indianapolis, but one that they, they might, you know, be willing to take. So, yeah, whether you uh, – I mean, I really heard of Will Levis. Hadn't really, you know – watched Kentucky football. No, I mean, C.J. Stroud and, and Bryce, all the, they're getting yeah. the, all the the shine, the spotlight, if you will. But, yeah, it's it, well, it, we're not watching Kentucky football. So you no. just kind of take the word of those that are scouting him. And he's, one thing he did say is, you know, he thinks when he does his pro day, when he does his workouts, that's where you're going to start to hear about him. Like, they, he's going to put on a show. So, okay. Yeah. And, you know, that, to me, I... I guess. I mean, I'm sure that John Schneider went down and watched, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes work mm-hmm. out and everything. But it's it's mostly about what you do on film. Yeah. And you know, it just he, he was, you know, he had good numbers, and it sounds like you know he was probably a guy you have to see in person, uh, and rather than just you know looking at his numbers. But it kind of made me think, you know, look, oh, it's a roller coaster ride. Oh, he's got flashes of brilliance. It made me think maybe the C- if the Seahawks. It, is he on the list, Bob? We talked about the list. How many how many quarterbacks are you good saying I trust Pete and John? Mm-hmm. Is this guy on the list? I yeah. mean, yeah, I, I, I think I he mean, is. I, I don't I don't see him drafting anybody and throwing them in. I know they did it with Russell, but I just don't see them doing that again, where they're putting it on the shoulders of a rookie. Maybe they would, but I I, I would be surprised even if they'd take a take a quarterback. I mean, Russell was a third rounder, and they gave him the keys to the car. Yeah, this, if this is going to be a fifth overall pick potentially, I, for some reason I just don't see him doing that. But yeah. maybe they would, and and if they do, then all right, I'll go with you on that. You give it to Jameis Winston, I'm going to stay here. You guys go ahead, take off, have a good trip. I'll be here. You're going to become the biggest <laughs> Jameis Winston fan ever. Bob. I would root for him to do well, but I just don't have faith that he would. Yeah, but if I also well, he was with Sean Payton. Sorry yeah. to interrupt. Yeah, I feel like he might have been able to turn him into a player. Yeah, I just I don't. Yeah, yeah. he's got an arm. He's 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 thrown a bunch of touchdowns. He's thrown for a lot of yards. He's thrown a lot of picks. He just turns. He seems just counterintuitive for Pete, a, a quarterback who is really really prone to turning the ball over. So, yeah, I don't I don't uh, I don't foresee that being a thing. But you know, it would be it would be really cool if if somebody like this Jalen Carter kid, the big D tackle from Georgia, you know, if he falls to. The Seahawks, you know, and if three, you know, uh, quarterbacks get picked in the in the top top five, you know, look, they have uh, they have him going to Indianapolis with the fourth pick, 
And so, and uh, Will Levis, that is. But, you know, they, they also, they have the quarterbacks, like C.J. Stroud is like number nine in yeah. some of the mock drafts. But I, I think it would be cool if the Seahawks, now look, if, if they really are like, hey, if Will Levis is there, you know, we're, we're definitely going to take him. But I don't, I don't know. I don't see him drafting a quarterback either. I feel like a, a defensive tackle or an edge guy that might fall to him that it could be awesome. I'd almost be surprised if Jalen Carter were there if they did take him. They're just they always are sort of counterintuitive with yeah. you know the, the oh there's this obvious name sitting there they're going to go for this guy no yeah they, maybe like, they trade out of that pick or they they take another guy at that position but not the name that everybody says is the obvious name so if yeah. Jalen Carter were sitting there we'd all sit here and go awesome Seahawks are going to take him and then we'd hear no the Seahawks select Josh McGeggy out of uh, you know. Yeah. North Central Community College in South Dakota or something. You know, they, it just feels like that would be the Seahawks move. Somebody we weren't talking about that isn't the popular pick. Yeah, well, I mean, look, they're not going to pick anybody that they don't think. I mean, obviously, they're not just going to go, okay, well, this guy's there, yeah. I mean, if they don't if they don't like him, they don't like him. It doesn't yeah. mean... It doesn't mean that you know the guy's not going to get drafted. It just means they're not going to draft him. They're going to move back. They're going to they're going to take a couple of picks or something later in the first round because they have somebody identified. But like certain players, like Kayvon Thibodeau, yeah, you know they just they were out on him. They yeah. just just didn't have him on the list. He was going to be, you know, a guy that if they didn't have anybody there, they would have they would have traded the pick. By the way, when we were recording that interview, I kept seeing this this thing flashing out of my peripheral, the corner of my eye and left coast to my right there at the, at the board. And I've kept seeing this thing and I look over and he's on his phone and he's got the flashlight on, you know, the really bright flashlight on the back on these iPhones. Yeah. And I'm waving to him while this is during the interview and he turns my mic off and I go, why do you have your flashlight on? And he looks down and he goes, Oh, that's what that was. <laughs> he looks around. And he goes. He goes. Well, that was an old man moment. <laughs> our our, That's why I fit on our tech show. wizard, it was over there. <laughs> couldn't figure out because well, he said he, a, yeah, he was, was seeing a flashing light and he couldn't figure out where it was coming from. There's was, a window <laughs> out of my peripheral to my right, and so when I, I was typing something, I'd catch like a, a glimpse of a reflection. It was bright. <laughs> Looking yeah, up, look like, over. What, what is that? Like what's someone driving by? And then Bob saw. I was like, "Oh, yeah, I did that." <laughs> Great old man flashlight. Movie. Grandpa man. didn't know he had the flashlight on his phone. Going, I just like he goes, "Oh, that's what that was." <laughs> well, well, first of all, Mike, welcome to the club. Thank you. Uh, and then you had your Apple wallet open. I'm, that I'm, was a problem. Yeah, I'm somewhat you have your two year anniversary, and you just it all goes downhill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, yeah, hanging out with us. I, I'm also slightly surprised that he didn't go. Oh, I had it on uh, earlier because I was uh, looking yeah, down yeah. here on the board, I, and I, I couldn't that see. That's why it was on. Anyway, was, I had it on. Bob. That was on purpose. There was a reason. Yeah, I had it on the whole time. <laughs> I was looking for uh, dust mites in the keyboard yeah. here. I couldn't find them. With like, the yeah, I know. Up. I know it's on. <laughs> I just love that. Oh, that's what that was. That's awesome. All right, coming up. It's never too early to start a free agent wish list, especially at two big areas of need. That is coming up next. It's Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports Station on seven ten. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports Station. The texts are coming in, Lefko. People weighing in on the flashlight incident with your phone. Some of these could be mean texts for later on in the show, which will happen at 545 today. Have you perused through the, some of those? Yeah, I think they're mostly <laughs> sympathetic, though, right? <laughs> Eh. They're mean texts to you guys. No, 
I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't necessarily. One was. One was mean to us, and that's fine. Yeah, it's okay, though. The flashlight incident is proof that working with Dave and Bob will age you. <laughs> See, if I would have read that, Mike would have gone, way to go. You blew it for mean text. <laughs> well, that's one I'm not going to use. I yeah. have more. Got to put the flashlight in the Apple wallet. That's why it was on, said Seth in Fresno. So, all right, mean text coming up at 545 today. Stay tuned for that. You guys can text in whatever you'd like, 866-979-3776, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Just be creative with that. We got Joe Nash, Seahawks legend Joe Nash at 4 o'clock. That'll be fun. a fun conversation coming up at the top of the hour. But, Taking a look at some of the uh, free agents out there that address the defensive needs of this team, Dave. They may not, I'm certain they'll draft defensive players, but as you always like to say, if you get anything from a rookie, it's gravy. Now, they got a whole bunch from rookies this year, but I don't know I don't know that it's fair to expect that every single year. There could be some guys they draft this year where you go, okay, we're excited, we love him, and then maybe he's, he struggles, or maybe he just has a hard time finding his way onto the field. So I think they need to get something they can sort of count on in the way of a veteran. It's at some of these spots, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And it's always a, you know, look, the draft's only half of it, right? I mean, that's, that's a, it's a big, uh, it's a big part of it just because that's how you build your team. And, you know, the Seahawks have always done a good job of, you know, drafting guys that sort of fill in spots, you know, that are, you know, I like to call them the Dylan Moore type mm-hmm. of players, right? But, um, yeah, you got to have, uh, the big time, uh, players like you know when they got Bennett in here, him and, and Cliff Averill both. And the funny thing is that Michael Bennett was an undrafted free agent here. Yeah, and uh, you know it's funny. They let him go to Tampa. The, the year that he got cut, we did we were doing preseason games, by the way. Uh, and you know uh, it was uh, on the post game show we would do player you know most valuable player. And twice I had Michael Bennett. As a as the rookie, <laughs> you know, and and then he gets cut. I was just yeah. totally surprised. But then they get him back, and he was a hugely effective player. And then you look at Darren Payne, Deron Payne, sorry, uh, from the Commanders, and he's Zach the most Allen. intriguing to me. Yeah, I, Zach Allen also is is a really good player. He he's just one of those guys that doesn't get mentioned because he plays next to JJ Watt. Mm-hmm. But Deron Payne has just been a wrecking ball in the middle of that defense and you know they they have four first rounders there that are playing on their defensive line and you see how good their defense is. So if you could get a guy like that, I mean I would I would love that. I why would they let him go? I mean, what are you talking about? Washington. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's only 26 years old. He's a very productive player. You you talked about all the draft capital they've invested on that line, and I don't yeah. I don't know their depth that well. Maybe they've got somebody behind him they think is going to be as good or better. I don't I don't know, but seems an odd player. And maybe they will. Maybe you know he maybe he's technically a free agent, but they're working on getting yeah. something done. I haven't I haven't done a ton of uh, reading on the their contract situation, but yeah, just for a player that's as highly regarded as he is and his age. Surprising they'd let that get away. Well, I think it's probably comes down to I mentioned they have the four first rounders there. They gotta pay other guys too. Yeah. You know, and they're gonna have, you know, a limit of where they wanna go. And so, you know, that that's probably where where the uh, the balance sort of has to has to take place. But they got Jonathan Allen there too, who had seven and a half sacks. He was a first rounder. Uh Deron Payne, I mentioned, you know, he had eleven and a half sacks from inside, man. Yeah. That's that is good work. But they also have Montez Sweat and yeah, then Chase uh, Young. Chase Young who was hurt this year. But uh yeah, so uh, that that would be the reason. They're they're like, Okay, well we gotta keep this guy and we gotta get this guy. We can't we can't pay everybody. So, He'd be a nice pickup. 
That'd be a, that'd be. I would feel really good about that. Yeah, <laughs> Seahawks were able to able to acquire him. I think I think he's exactly as you described him, a wrecking ball, and he's productive. The stats for an interior lineman, that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's hard to get sacks inside. Everybody knows that. So yeah, that's uh, that's something that I, th- I think you know that was the first guy. You know, I was looking looking at free agency, thinking that would be a, a good place to go as far as free agency goes. But you know, I'm just looking at. Um, the what did they they I think they ran a four three in there. Washington yeah 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 so half the half the league runs four three and so um but yeah I, I don't think that would make a huge difference I think he could still fit into a, a three four type of system so you know he's just a good football player what about the other two guys on this list so we've got we've got a list of uh, defensive linemen we've got a list of you know linebackers slash edge rushers the other the other two we, we mentioned Deron Payne we mentioned Zach Allen uh Javon Hargrave and Draymond Jones would any thoughts on those two guys Hargrave's the older of the of the four we're talking about he's 30 yeah uh the other three are all 26 years old yeah I don't know a lot about Draymond Jones other than just you know looking at his numbers he's not as dynamic as Deron Payne but Javon Hargrave is you know probably a little bit too old you know remember KJ was talking about Fletcher Cox who also is you know, going to be available, and he's like, yeah, you can't really take him just because, you know, I think he's 31, 32 Oh, he's old. ancient. So, yeah, something like that. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I really admire Zach Allen and the game that he has. So, I mean, he could be one of those guys that holds the edge on the on the 3-4 defense if, you know, if they, if they decide to get him. All right, so we, we've got a list of four, as I said, linebackers slash edge rushers. Uh, Marcus Davenport. Edge rusher from New Orleans, 26 years old. Yeah, that's a guy who was a first-round draft choice, and I think he was at a UTSA. Uh, yeah, and uh, that's where um, our guy Tariq Woolen is mm-hmm. from. But, uh, yeah, he was a first-round draft choice That's that's been pretty productive. He's 6'6", 265, so kind of a, a lighter guy. But I'm not sure. I think he's more of a guy that sort of fits – fits in maybe to uh, more of a 4-3 type of situation. He's got 21 and a half sacks. He had nine sacks two years ago, but last year just a half a sack, not very much production. He only started nine games. And he's not been like one of those guys that they, you know, start. I mean, he comes in and, you know, like kind of like Bennett and Averill were off yeah. the get come off the bench. But yeah, I mean, he's a talented guy, but first rounder, I'm not sure what kind of money he's expecting and I don't think that he fits really into their system as as much as some of these other guys. David Long, the next guy on the list, I told Lefko, what are you trying to pawn him off on us? <laughs> he 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 had he's a, a linebacker for the Titans, 26 years old, but he doesn't have any sacks. You know, it's not like he's a he's an edge guy. I mean, he's going to be more of a probably a second level type of guy. Was, was this Lefko just putting his name on there, just going, what, what do you think? Sell him, sell yeah, the Seahawks on this. Trying guy. to get us to. I'm, no, he's an inside guy. He's a good coverage linebacker. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you know, it's not like uh, I don't know what were his pick numbers. Does he have he have interceptions? I think he's got a few. He uh, he was injured this year. I know that because it seems like every game he would leave injured. So. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Let's bring over a guy who doesn't yeah. sack the quarterback and is com- most of the time unavailable. No, this was the list of the the top fifty one free agents that NFL. Yeah. Dot com right. had put out, so he was. We go down the linebackers. He was the, like the fourth yeah. best on there. I'm not so excited about that name. Well, yeah, I, I mean he's he's got four interceptions. Exactly. Like Mike said, he's more of a coverage guy, so uh, makes makes a lot of tackles, 75, 80 tackles a year. But well, what, what about this guy? This is a guy you raved about before. 
Levante David. Levante David's awesome. Uh, but he's 33. Him, but... He's 33 years old. He's spent his entire career in Tampa. So, I mean, that's a guy that's going to be like Tom Brady. It's like, you know, when when he retires, he's going to retire there with with the Bucks. But if you look at his numbers, especially compared to, like, Bobby Wagner, his, his forced fumbles numbers and his um, tackles for loss numbers – are amazing for a guy who is a second-level linebacker. So, yeah, I really like him. The other guy is unique in Gawkway, and we talked about him forever. Yeah, here. we were yeah. excited about the potential of him coming here. He was around the time we were talking about uh, Jadavian Clowney, and, uh, and I remember the professor calling him Yannick Nguku. Uh, <laughs> God bless and rest his soul. Love that. I really, <laughs> really going to miss that about our guy, John Clayton. Oh, Love he, him. he was fearless when it came to names. He would Love just attack them. Yeah. <laughs> Lofa to poo poo. Um, that was probably my favorite. Yeah, he had he had all kinds. But I mean, <laughs> that guy's got 65 sacks, though. He had nine and a half uh, with Indy. Um, you know, he was with Minnesota for a little while. And, and the Raiders, right? Yeah, Raiders and uh, Baltimore even. Was he with Jacksonville? Started or, off with yeah. Jacksonville. And that was in Jacksonville. was so good, man. They had so many good, you know, high draft choices there. And they really built a, a nice team. All right. Coming up, uh, was not hard to find Wyman contenders this week, by God. We'll get into that next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports Station on 710. Why, man? Why? Lunch has been canceled today due to lack of hustle. Deal with it. This is a habitual line step. What were you thinking? What are you doing? Why are you the way that you are? It's the Why Man of the Week. A reminder coming up at 4 o'clock, Seahawks legend Joe Nash will join us on the program. Stay tuned for that conversation coming up in about 15 minutes. But today we got a couple of good Why Man entries, Dave. We actually have three. Do we have three? Yeah. And the third one is, you see that cookie in the side of the bag there? (laughs) No, this is radio. No one can see it. Yeah. So I'm going to describe it, Mike. Just give me a chance, will you? I do Uh, see the cookie in the side of the bag. It's the bag that, you know, you put inside the trash can liner. liner. Thank you. And it was doubled up. And so I dropped my cookie and I went to throw it away and it, it landed in the little lip where you fold the bag over. It's pretty amazing shot, but really the the. But you were trying to get it in the trash. I can. was trying to get it in the garbage can, and I missed. But it still it stuck there, and so I showed it to Lefko, and he goes, "Why didn't you eat it?" I said, "Well, it fell on the floor." So, it was like, "Yeah." When does that stop, Dave? Yeah. Well, look, and you mentioned jelly beans. Like, Five second rule: jelly beans are fine because they have that hard, you know, outside it's not coating. Fine. It's yeah, fine. it's fine, Bob. It's you don't worry fine. about that. But that has too many crev- crevices and whatnot. You in think it, that'll so soak up the germs? Exactly. In the, that was the so I threw it away. That's, and the germs won't stick to the hard outer coating that's of a jelly bean. That's where I draw the line. I want right you there. to know I'm proud of you. Yes. I'm proud that you did not eat that. A lot that. of times I do think, <laughs> what would Bob do? <laughs> I think the answer's obvious in yeah, all of those cases. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's get to the real stuff here. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Ent- entry number one comes courtesy of the mayor of Cincinnati who prior to the game uh before uh, prior to the game between the Chiefs and the the Cincinnati Bengals had this to say Good afternoon Cincinnati I have a proclamation from the desk of the mayor Be it proclaimed whereas the Cincinnati Bengals are headed to Burrowhead Stadium for their second consecutive AFC Championship game said Burrowhead. Whereas at last year's game the Bengals scored more points than the Chiefs resulting in a Bengals victory and a Chiefs loss Whereas Joseph Lee Burrow 
who's 3-0 against Mahomes, has been asked by officials to take a paternity test to confirming whether or not he's his father. Whereas all season long, Cincinnati has been on a path of destiny, fighting it out to overcome anyone who stands between them and a Super Bowl win. And whereas Kansas City is named after its neighboring state, which is, you know, just kind of weird. Now, therefore, I, Aftab Kirval, mayor of the city of Cincinnati, do hereby proclaim January 29th, 2023, as they got to play us day in Cincinnati. Thank you. I would imagine most fans in Cincinnati probably like that. You can he, he's like you can see if you saw the video, he's smiling. It's tongue in cheek. They're having fun. I didn't I didn't have a huge problem with it, but you do lay it out there to be ridiculed when it doesn't go your way, which is exactly what happened. I think he's a jabroni. That's what I think. I, I, it was weird. Nobody was laughing. Well, there was no audience. Oh, there was. Was it just him in yeah. the room? Yeah, they were just filming. It didn't him. sound like it. Sounded like a. Yeah, I never saw the the video of it. Yeah, it's just him and his at his desk in his office. It's cheesy. It's not funny. It's it's really not that good. It wasn't that good. Well, I, there's a follow up to it. We'll yeah. get to later. But yeah, it's uh, you know that. But that's kind of been. Now he took it a step further because there's often been bets between. You know, I don't know if it's mayors or governors from each state when there's a rivalry. Yeah. And we'll, if we lose, we'll send you a bunch of salmon. And if you, you know, if we if we win, you send us a bunch of Philly cheesesteaks or whatever, whoever you're betting with, whatever's, you know. Skyline chili. Yeah, Skyline chili, the three-way. Whatever's, uh, whatever's you know, fashionable in your city. That's usually how it goes. And it's it's usually lighthearted smack talk. Now that, he took it a little further with the, you know, paternity test to see if he is your father, which I thought was kind of funny. You know, but it's you again. You you got to be ready to wear it when it doesn't go your way, and it didn't go his way. And we'll we'll get to the follow up on that story later on. But that that's one that got a lot of attention from the Chiefs in the post game press conference. We played a bunch of different clips from Patrick Mahomes and obviously Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid and and uh, who else? Uh, the, Chris Jones. Everybody everybody was taking note of the trash talk of the mayor and everybody else. Yeah. So they they heard everything. This one I saw last night, Dave, and this to me just screamed of a guy that said, just pay attention to me. I don't care if you're mocking me. I don't care if you you think I'm a dope. Just pay attention to me. Mm -hmm. This is Dan Orlovsky. And he's here he is. In, and, you know, to his defense or credit, it's, it's all subjective. He's coming up with a top five all-time quarterback list. And you can put whoever you'd like on there. It's, it's your opinion. There is no official list. But it feels like he's doing something just to gain a little bit of attention. Here he is. If Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback in the history of the game, who was the greatest quarterback before him? Uh, John Elway or Peyton Manning? Marino? Come on, man. <laughs> you, 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 you either doing this Where? to troll people and get your Twitter game up and your Instagram game and your TikTok. Where's How Montana? the hell do you lose Where's Joe Montana? Montana off this list? What's Where's wrong Montana? with you? Before yeah, there was a I, Brady, there was a Montana. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> What's okay, he trying to okay, be, okay. Uh, my cousin Vinny there? Or? I guess. I don't know what he's doing, but Keyshawn wasn't having it. <laughs> you try to get your Instagram going, your Twitter game going. And I think that's what it was. I think, he'd, you know, here, I'm going to get a little bit of attention. There's going to be some discussion about my list and debate, and it's going to create controversy. And I guess that's what it's about in the hot take world, Dave. Yeah, I guess so. You know, and really, I mean, for, um, you know, I would say if you go back and look at at the completion percentage of the quarterbacks that are back in the 60s, 70s, even Elway, 
Not good. It, it's not good because the rules have changed and everything. But he was sixty three percent, which for that completion time was really good. Yeah. So and you know he threw. Yeah, uh, two hundred seventy-three touchdowns. Most of all, he was just a winner. Yeah, I mean, undefeated in the in his Super Bowls. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, and well, I mean, even I think Elway's completion percentage was below sixty. Was it not for his career? Yeah, it was like fifty-nine. So yeah, yeah that's, we looked that's at Terry Bradshaw that, was like fifty-two or something. Yeah. And J- Joe Name. I mean, they're it's they're just awful. not the same. So I mean, you got but you have to you have to adjust for that, and that's right. probably where a guy like Orlovsky like oh whatever. But you know, yeah, you look at his <laughs> uh, you look at his. Pro Bowls, uh, all pro three times. I mean, but mostly it's about his clutch ability, man. I yeah. mean, he just, he remember, the, and the thing about Joe Montana, I remember in the the game against Cincinnati, and that was the year we got knocked out of the playoffs by Cincinnati, and there was the John Candy drive, right? Mm-hmm. So before the drive, he he's in the huddle, and it's during a timeout, and he's looking around at his, you know, his teammates, and he looks over the sidelines, and I guess he goes, hey, isn't that John Candy over there? <laughs> and uh, and everybody noted that because then he goes, you know, 30 seconds later and takes them on uh, like an 80-yard drive for, for a touchdown that I think he threw. Who was the receiver? It wasn't Jerry Rice. It was uh, the next best guy. Jonathan uh, uh, Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, Taylor. So, yeah, he was he was just, I mean, come on, Dan Orlovsky. Well, I thought that was a great question from – Keyshawn, who said, who was Tom Brady before Tom Brady? Yeah. It was Joe Montana. Right. I mean, that was, he was the guy. And again, it's it's all subjective. It's, you know, you can make an argument for somebody else. But he was sort of universally thought of as the greatest yeah. prior to Brady. Was yeah. he not? Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think, you know, look, uh, you know, Dan Marino was uh, was phenomenal. You know, like, and he mentioned him, but as far as just being a winner and just being clutch, I mean. Dan never won a Super Bowl. His name was Joe Cool. Yeah. 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 So that's uh, Orlovsky looking for the attention we're giving him. So mission accomplished. All right. Coming up, a Seahawk you might remember pretty well. The great, the legend, Joe Nash will join us next here with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports Station on 710.